Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 239 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Colin Phoenix Sophia Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me at the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverine. Hello. We have our Head of Health and Safety, Ben Mosswood, Commander Adler Weiss. I'm flying through fluffy clouds and I can't see the planet. Uh, we have uh, Commander Shan. Hello. Uh, on this week's tech, we have Commander Ventura. Give us a wave. And also joining us today is Commander Alec Turner. Greetings, off-worlders. Because <laughs> you are on-world at the moment. Oh, he's a landlubber. He's a landlubber. <laughs> a mud booter. I've abandoned <laughs> space. Well, um, if you wish, you can join us live. We are hanging out in game. Ben uh, is, as you can see, flying around somewhere dusty. <laughs> Best way to do it. Um, uh, if you can't get to us in game, we're also in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. And of course, we're live on twitch.tv slash laveradio. So, just quickly go around the crew and see how everybody has been. We'll start with Commander Sovereign. How have you been? Oh, just brilliant. Thank you. What have I been up to? Uh, I've got absolutely no idea. Oh, yeah, I've been knee-deep in work. Um, so, I, I don't know if, if anybody remembers, but I said that I'd quit my job uh, at the beginning of the year, and I've been um, freelancing, so hustling for freelance work. And... I'm absolutely devastated to report that I've been successful and have hustled loads of freelance work and I'm now really busy, which is quite annoying. Um, so I haven't been to space for ages. When you say you quit your job early in the year, was it like a civilised, you know, you, you quietly hold an envelope over? Or did you like slam the envelope down and say, screw you guys, I'm leaving and storm off? Uh, it was very much the like set fire to your boss, like, you know, wave... Oh. We wave firearms around. Walk You're out. not a parliamentarianism, are you? <laughs> no, it was, um, it was completely amicable. Um, I was just like, I'm really bored. I need, it. I need to do something else. And my boss was like, yeah, that's totally fine. And he also said, um, if, uh, if it didn't work out, I could go back, which is nice. Um, so there's a bit of a safety net there. But it doesn't look like I'll need it because I'm really bloody busy. I think he was. I think he was just being nice. I didn't, no, no one these days says, "Oh, you can come back if he doesn't work <laughs> out." <laughs> I think he probably meant you can come back at a vastly diminished pay. <laughs> Commander Shan, how have you been for the last week? I haven't been too bad, really. I've been not doing very much in real life, actually. Um, Kind of had a quiet weekly. The house is safe and all the possessions are still nailed down from before. Um, in game, I'm about 20 jumps away from waypoint 11 in um, Distant Worlds 2. So I shall be doing some exploration around that. But it's been quite a quiet week, really, which is good. That weeks occasionally. Oh, right. No, no Netflix documentaries to be scared of then? No, I don't think I've seen any scary Netflix documentaries. Uh, I've, 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 I have been enjoying um, Love, Death and Robots I've been enjoying some of those stories Very good Excellent um, Commander Edelweiss, how have you been? Yeah, I've been good um, I'm several hundred um, jumps away from Waypoint 11 and I, but yeah, but what have I been up to? 
Oh, because on, on Saturday, I basically I jumped onto my alt. So I've been playing my alt, who basically Saturday morning was flying around in a cobra, in a cobra, a rated cobra, but still just a cobra. And you did a cobra. <laughs> no, I wasn't that hungry. <laughs> and then with help from some guys in the Paladin Consortium, we were doing wing missions and lots of lots and lots of wing trading stuff. And I fairly quickly turned my cobra into a Type Nine with enough of a jump rage to go off and actually help in the wing missions. Um, and then we went off and made even more money to turn it into a fairly well-equipped Type 9. So maybe, I don't know, about three, 400 million or something like that. That doesn't sound too bad. So Yeah, not, uh, maybe not quite that much, but not too bad. And then after that, uh, the whole point of getting into the type, type 9, though, was so that I could help the Paladins and the Truckers, I guess, um, were helping Operation Ida. Because we were basically shipping stuff to repair one of the stations for Operation Ida from the Paladin Consortium's home base all the way over down there. So it's 150 odd light years or so, so not too bad. Unless you're in a, a 10 light year range at um, Type 9. Um, so yeah, we did that. And we wound up helping Operation Ida fill out one of their stations. But I guess we'll be coming into that stuff later on, yes. Excellent. Mr. Turner, Commander Turner, how have you been? I've been very good. I've been very good. I've been doing a lot of driving, unsurprisingly. So in-game, I'm about 200 kilometers south of the North Pole now, which is really good. And out-of-game, I've been to Centre Parks, which was sensational. I've been climbing through trees and doing abseiling and things. It's good fun. You got like one of those go-ape things. Yeah, yeah. Centre Parks, basically, you turn up and you empty your wallet into a big box at the front door, and then you do loads of fun things like swimming and walking and eating and drinking. Uh, I've been preparing the uh, miniatures game for ECM in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's only two weeks away, so that's that, that's beginning to, to uh, get a little bit urgent. In fact, I'm even trying to sort through playing cards right now. Uh, and in-game, I'm actually trying desperately to hunt for void opals, but I'm having real trouble finding um, the right kind of asteroid, which is... So, um, yes, on the subject... Oh, what a, what a nice, smooth transition here. Um, on the subject of issues with Elite Dangerous, we have a brand new issues tracker, uh, which is basically a new website which uh, allows people to effectively report bugs and then after these bugs have been reported and collated people can then comment on them basically to say me too and once these bugs have been confirmed you are allowed i think it's four votes to uh select the the uh issue that you think has highest priority to you now i've already used my four votes has anybody else reported issues or used the website yet i've um, seen it I haven't used it. I've yes. reported. I've reported a couple of bugs, um, but I've I haven't voted on any. I haven't voted on anything. I've used it a little bit. I didn't know there was a, a four vote thing. What I have noticed is that there's quite a lot of bugs that have been reported several times. And yes. Each instance. Each instance only has a few votes, which aren't enough to. What's the word for it? And aren't enough to make the bug acknowledge. Yes. So instead of, instead of one. Yeah. Instead of one report, we're sort of. 
12 votes, which would make it highlighted. There's three separate reports before each, which isn't enough. So are you saying the votes are indicative, not conclusive? Oh, hang on. Have, who who got the who got the pool for the Brexit thing? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm being serious because do they pull all the answers to get? Do, you know, do they pull all the votes together and say, well, actually, these said these are all the same reports of the bug, but they got ten votes. Or it do you think they just look at one? No, no, I don't think they do because there's like a big sort of progress bar sort of circular progress bar thing that says whether frontier have actually acknowledged it or not and i think you have to get something like eight or nine or ten votes before it becomes acknowledged and i've seen several bugs that aren't acknowledged despite Mm -hmm. you know there being enough votes across the board yeah um i mean looking at the post which uh paul crowther Uh, put up onto the forums. Um, The issue tracker works as the following. You log in with your Frontier account. um, You report an issue to them. Uh, The issue will be listed on their tracker as an unconfirmed status. Other players who are experiencing the same issue can contribute confirmation towards your issue. Once enough confirmations are received, the issue will be flagged as confirmed and people can begin voting on it. And you can upload images and video to support your case for your report. You have four votes to spend on issues you feel are important. Voting on an issue will raise its awareness and importance. Votes do not replenish until an issue is resolved. So once you've used a vote, that's it stuck. Uh, But you can remove your vote from an issue at any time. So basically, you've got kind of four cards to wave me too, I suppose. What does everybody think to this system? Sounds like a game show. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Like, quite so it's not just me thinking this is the voice or something. <laughs> <laughs> it um, it feels a little bit like um, bug reporting has been is slightly disincentivized. Is that just me? Disincentivized. Well, I'm not feeling like, disincentivized for it. Sounds quite a lot of faff. No, not really. It's not that. Hard. I wouldn't say it's any harder now making no. a bug report than it was. Okay, no. cool. actually, actually, I'd say it was easier having used it myself. Fair enough. It sounds it. like I'm blind voting because I don't really want to vote on something that I don't know what's going to happen on it. And, you know, she only had four votes. If I just go away, well, that one's important, that one's important, that one's important. I've then waited my four votes. And if something I think is more important than those, I've then got to remember what I voted for and retract them and all sorts of stuff like that. Well, probably Colin. To, yes. to re- retrieve the ones that you voted for. Yeah, well, I've got to find them. Well, that's what... Sue, Colin, you've used the thing, you voted. Can you find what things you voted for? Um, I cannot find what I've... Well, actually, I can see oh, what I voted okay. for because right. the boxes that I voted for are in black. Oh, there you go. Uh, and this says that I've used my vote as far mm-hmm. as that's concerned. So, um, yeah. But is there any but, other way for you to, you know, let's say they weren't the top five issues that you voted on or something. Is there any way for you to identify them if they're well, buried in the list? Well, there's only 13 issues at the moment which are confirmed. So, <laughs> yeah, no, but that's, that's I'm wondering really how scalable. Yeah, but how scalable is this going to be if you, unless you can filter on what, what you voted on? Um, no, you can't. Well, at the moment, I, you can. Uh, Filter on unconfirmed, confirmed, fixed, and closed. Uh, and you can sort by top voted, newest, and oldest. Oh, hang on. That's, I'm not actually signed into the website at the moment, so I'll just. 
Oh, well, you go and sign in. I'll just say one thing that worried me about the new site is the amount of white spaces in it. And I think you, what, you can only have four or five bugs on the page at any which compare that to a list of... I've, I've got the forum set up to show me 50 things. Yeah. So you can see a hell of a lot less bugs than you could on the forums, which worries me, especially seeing as we're seeing cases of very similar bugs being reported by different people and not being found and then merged together. Mm. No, I, I completely agree with that. Um, at the moment, the total number of bugs reported against Elite Dangerous uh, is 301, of which there are... Oh, no, sorry, 285, because this issue's reporting system runs across both, uh, well, all three games that they've got at the moment. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's 285 which are basically outstanding, and there are 13 which have been confirmed. Surprisingly enough, none have been fixed, and none have been closed. Now, I take it that the fixed ones will be appearing once they've been issued to the game, you know, in the patch notes. I wouldn't... Well, I know the way that we go and do it, when we're, we go off and say something's fixed when we've actually fixed it and the fix is checked into SVN and not when that patch release has gone out because that can obviously be you know, a month or so down the line. Um, so fixed to me would mean the fix is in, is, in the, is in code, but it might not be out there. So you basically think it, it's, it'll be fixed but not released and it will be go to closed when it's actually out in the wild. That would make more sense to me, yeah. Yeah. But obviously, it depends how Frontier do their their tracking, doesn't it? Yes, it, it's it's you can go into a whole load of uh, boring issue management like Kanban and things like that. But this isn't yeah. this isn't the this isn't the podcast for that. <laughs> but bearing in mind that's the only development news we've really got, <laughs> um, and we do believe that Page it was Page and Will about on Monday. Uh, and I think they announced that there is going to be a new Distant Worlds 2 badge or decal, and that's been about it. And also that there's another stream on Thursday, but again, that's another Distant Worlds 2 one. It sounds like there's going to be no announcement or no new news about any bug fixes, releases, or even the the um, community goals replacement so far. Um I noticed on the forums, there does seem to be a lot of are we being ignored here type threads. Especially seems to have flared up today. I mean... My answer to that would be stop being a bunch of whiny, needy bastards, but that's just me. Has has anybody else got a a sympathetic point of view? (laughs) By sympathetic, do you mean do we agree with you? I I, I think there's definitely... uh, there's, There's definitely virtue to the um I, I the claim that um it could be done better holds water definitely um like it's been a long it's been quite a long time since um since they called off community goals and said that there's not going to be another major it's point been about a month for, now isn't yeah, it? But, yeah but being... i think probably more than that and it it costs frontier nothing to give us an expectation of time scale Except lost expectations. 
I mean, yeah. being 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 fair, though maybe it's taking longer to do these things because they've hit a problem late on in the development cycle, and they've had to go back and rework stuff. Maybe mm. there's something that came up in testing or some exploit that they just couldn't let slide. So, and they just haven't said anything because they're trying to fix it, and we just have to be patient. Yeah, yeah, but do you think radio silence on all this is a, a good idea? Because I mean, I know in the past, well, what would you people... say? What, 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 what else would you say? How would you phrase it that didn't well, make people think? Oh, quite... not... you, you just did quite a good job there. Yeah, but Pete, I'm not sure that would calm the salt down. To be honest. Well, yeah, this we've had. I've had this conversation so many times with so many people, um, and it's the idea that that blanket silence is the the least bad option. I just don't. I just don't buy that. Um, I, I mean, to clarify my position, I'm not actually that. I'm not particularly bothered. I'm having quite a lot of fun in game at the moment, and I I, I don't. Um, I'm not. I'm not one of these content vultures who just needs new guns and new new ships all the time. Um, but I, I do definitely think that Frontier's default decision of don't say anything, you know, just batten down the hatches, stay silent for as long as humanly possible, then don't, and then tell them as little as possible. And then when you do tell them something, only tell them that you're going to tell them something else in four months' time. Um, and the only thing you're allowed to say is that it's exciting. Like, I just don't think that that's, like, I, I will always maintain that that's, a, that's, they could do better on communication. I mean, it's an old school way of communicating, isn't it? The complete radio silence approach. I mean, it's, it is an old school way, and there are different ways, you say, of doing it. Uh, but I guess the call they make is, well, how much salt and how much whining is it going to cause if we say something and don't meet it or whatever versus not saying anything? And it's always well, a very difficult call and sitting on the outside saying, what route do you take? I mean, I, I agree with you, Sue. I personally, I like being open, saying, look, we, it was going to be released, but we've hit this issue. Uh, we're working as hard as we can and promise that, you know, we say it'll be really great when it's done. Something like that is, is how I prefer to say yeah, it. However, however, there's also an argument that says, well, to the market, the market doesn't necessarily want to hear, and shareholders don't necessarily want to hear you're having issues with development. That's For that true. matter, we don't know if they're having issues with development or not. Oh no, we don't. They could have easily gone off and you know, in their plan, they could have right shut down um, community goals, so we don't have to put anything, any time and effort into that. It's it's a dead feature, right now. We focus on, and we've got the next six months roadmapped out internally. We're working on this. And we're not going to say anything until five months down the line, just before it's ready to come out. When we'll make an announcement about an announcement about an announcement. Well, the only, the only indication that we have that something is coming is basically something vague that Paige said last month during a stream, where someone asked, so does that mean that we're going to get something in April then as a replacement for these community goals? To which she said, yeah, something about April. Um, so, of course, that could mean the very end of April, and let's just hope it's not the day before the Christ the, the the Easter holidays, because that's ha I mean that's happened before, and this is probably one of the reasons why they're they're going for radio silence is 
if you remember with the old 2.3, the multi-crew thing, everyone got so hyped about that that it blew, you know, the expectation level went so through the roof that when it finally came out, it was gutting. Because <laughs> it was yeah. nowhere near as what everybody had in their head. And the main issue is they might be trying to avoid repeat of that particular level of grumpiness. Because I think, in my opinion, that's when the real salt levels started. <laughs> yeah, okay. As I said to Ben, it provided enough salt to keep McDonald's fries tasty for a year. And that is a valid <laughs> point, like that, isn't it? That, that, that is a valid point, though, isn't it? Because the longer the gap between content, the higher the expectations. I guess it's been four months since we had anything. It must be amazing. So the longer the gap, the greater the expectations, and so potentially the greater the fall if expectations aren't met. Oh, but there's another thing. There's another problem about going radio silent, though. And I've I've had I've seen this in other MMOs. If you go radio silent for too long, people just think, right, it's in maintenance mode now. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they just completely and utterly drop out the game because yeah, nothing new's happening. They're just not bothering with it. So and a really I think that is what's driving some of the insecurities on the forum. <laughs> yeah, there's um. Elite Dangerous and a game like it. That I was thinking about this the other day. The, the, it's tempting to say, like, oh for fuck's sake, these bloody players are always moaning. Why don't they just go and play something else? Um, problem with the game like Elite Dangerous and the way it was, the way it was sold initially, initially was very much as a science fiction universe that you could live in, um, in the same way that Star Citizen was sold. Uh, and for people who love escapism and and you know grew up watching classic sci-fi and loved the idea of of um being able to live in a world like that it it, you've, it was um it's not it's not just like a, a 60 hour arcadey experience that you pick up for 30 quid play for a couple of evenings and then discard like a game like elite dangerous is the idea is that it's that it becomes quite you know it's quite easy for it to become quite a big part of your life and you spend a lot of time in it so so therefore it's easy to become very, very invested in its future and to feel quite passionately about the direction it's going in. Um, yeah. So ironically, the, the degree of salt is indicative of the amount of love for the game, not, not hate for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I completely agree. The other thing to bear in mind, and this may be a controversial opinion, which for me is obviously rare, um, is that I don't believe Elite was ever designed to be the only game you ever play for the rest of your life. And in fact, no. I don't think I don't think games are designed that way nowadays. I mean, back in the day, you had EverQuest and WoW and things like that, which almost were pitched to be a game for life. And I think Elite is a game that, yes, you can you can completely binge on it. You can play until your your heart you know your heart's content. But then, because there's no penalty for not logging on for a while it can become more casual and you can do something you find fun for an evening, go away and do something else. So I think people are expected to be a game for life forever. That may be part of what's driving this soul as well. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. It, I remember in, in one of the videos, David Braben said the words, a science fiction world you can live in or universe you can live in, something like that. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to beat them over the head with videos they made five years ago until the end of time. But that does set an expectation of the kind of experience that players could have. And for better or worse, Elite is a um, 
Elite is a game that that has that has engendered that kind of player. Um, it might it might be that I just don't hang out with any casual ones, but it, it does seem to it does seem to become like a big part of people's lives. Um, Alec, you wanted to chip in. Well, yeah, there's a fairly obvious point on that, you know, about being committed to the game. We're on episode, what, 239 of Lave Radio here? You know, it, it's not a game you put aside lightly. We're, we're all... <laughs> That's a very, very good point. Yeah, we, we, we can't exactly say that it's like another Call of Duty alike when we've, when we've made 240 episodes of a radio show over five years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tomorrow, if we, if, if we all here decided, yeah, I think I'll play something else now. I mean, you know, after 240 episodes of Live Radio, that's quite a big deal to just suddenly decide to do that. I just think we're really good at filibustering. <laughs> to be fair, though, there, Alec, I actually, I do play Elite and many other games. Fair, um, enough. fair enough. Yeah, I yeah, don't. I don't, but, I don't yeah. only play Elite. I play Elite. I play GTA. I've played a lot of Shadowrun. I've been playing. Um, oh, some Warframe, um, RimWorld, Prison Architects, and so, so on. Um, I mean, there is another point. thing to yeah, another thing to point out here is that um, we we do have a a lot of dedication to this this uh, this game in the form of we've we've got fan organised events such as LaveCon and ECM. Which you know, it's it's um, it, it it game was pitched as a kind of escape your life in this pretend universe thing, and a lot of people I think have just jumped in that and have have stuck with it. And I think it's just getting to the point where you're trying to wonder what do we do next. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, oh, and in, incidentally, once... about ECM, I'll just I'll just quickly point out: ECM are running out of space. They've got they've got I think ten tickets left. So yeah. that that goes to show the dedication. I mean, um, it's going to be the biggest one ever. I think they do seem to be growing. I, I if the, with the um, the conversation about like how to communicate with the player base. Um, this is going to sound incredibly cynical, um, and I'm slightly playing devil's advocate. But um, I'll, in, in very, very gross generalization, um, there is a there is a body of opinion that says that the last significant leapfall in what the game was originally posited as was the ability to land on airless worlds in 2015, um, and uh, if you were being if you were being churlish, it, you could quite flippantly easily say that nearly everything has been, nearly all the announcements have been a bit of a letdown since then. Uh, beyond, I don't think anybody, I, I don't think anybody who was who was originally sold on the Kickstarter was thrilled at the Beyond announcement. Um, and since then, there hasn't been, um, you know, the last announcement was a bit of a deck chair rearrangement. Um, so I, I, I guess the point I'm making is we're sort of talking about the best way to break bad news. It would be one way around. It would be to give us some good news. Um, and it, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's, um, it's probably, it's probably a bit impatient to say it, but um, it's, it's not unreasonable um, for people to say that we've actually had a lot of letdowns in the last couple of years. Ben, I think do you want to jump the, in there? 
I actually, when Frontier went off and announced Beyond at Frontier Expo, I actually felt really positive about it. Uh, mainly because I think we've all known for a while that there was a lot of parts of the game that needed fleshing out. So, frankly, when they said we're going to do a, we're going to spend some time fleshing things out, I was like, you know what? I'd actually rather you went off and did that than go off and add CQC, say, or Pathway. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'd, 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 I'd suggest that you're probably one of the more, that you, that's quite a mature attitude. Um, it would have been quite easy for a lot of people to say, hold on, what are you doing? Um, we had airless worlds in 2015. Now, now we're supposed to have atmospheric worlds or space legs. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's. Um, I, I think a lot of people did did think that. I think you just called your old Ben. Um... <laughs> Come on, compared to, Come on, compared to, to I think all of us are old. The thing is, though, and I think it depends on your expectations. Because when you're talking and you're saying what can't you know, it was advocate mode that landing on airless planets was the last big thing. Um. I would disagree with that from a personal perspective because engineers, for better or worse, have radically changed the game, probably changed the game more so than landing on planets, or certainly out of that magnitude. Um, even, even stuff like in, in the Beyond series, the way they redid engineers, again, whether you like it or not, it's almost immaterial, and the way they changed the FFS scanner and all the sorts of stuff we've had, they have had a measurable impact on the game. And whether or not you think landing on planets is bigger than that and what order you put things in, I think is very, you know, is very personal. And the thing is, though, I would, and this is, again, there was advocate mode, but I would suggest that until you run out of things to do in Elite, don't complain about there not being anything to do. And it's almost like it, it is a sandbox game. And what I was thinking back, when, you know, when I was a kid, you get a group of kids who only did the games the other kids told them to play. You know, oh, we'll play, we'll do sandcastles or we'll play football. So that they were followers. They only did what the other kids did. And then you had a group of people who, if you just gave them a cardboard box, they'd be happy like, for days with just a cardboard box because in their imagination they can think of things to do with the cardboard box and <laughs> it, it, it is like that it, you know, it, it doesn't fit yourself yeah fair enough <laughs> I, I get what you're saying totally um and i'm, I'm slightly as, a, as, I, as i said i was slightly playing devil's advocate i, I certainly aren't sat here banging the table for for more content because i'm bored um i've been quite enjoying the game but i I definitely feel for people who say like, hold on, what happened to the pace of, you know, we were supposed to be stowing away on each other's ships and, and chasing dinosaurs around on, on atmospheric planets by now. What's going on? But that's expectations again. I mean, for example, the, one of the things I like about GTA is, I mean, we've all done the, the heists and we've all done the races and stuff like that to death. But the biggest joy I have in GTA is having a group of people you can just muck around with and do the stupidest thing ever. I mean, I remember, um, unfortunately, before they fixed it, um, I was on um, I was on with the Hammers of Slough in GTA, and we got one of the members in the yellow submarine, and we got the helicopter and picked up the yellow submarine and took it to like ten thousand feet above the cloud level and see if we could drop it 
in a lake and he survives. You know, it's just generally mucking about with stuff like that. I mean, for example, have you, ta- have you been in an SUV and trying to take it in orbit? It, it's trivial. It's not, in quote, immersion. But it's fun. It just yeah, it is it's being a, it's being a kid with a cardboard box and yeah, and I'd, I'd probably suggest that more cardboard boxes would be great. We don't necessarily m- need new skins for guns with different stats or ever increasing jump ranges on modules. Like more cardboard box features like that because Horizons did like it's an incredibly emergent feature. Like it's definitely a go make your own fun, um, and it's brilliant for that. And I'd, I'd say that ship launch fighters are similar as well. The amount of fun that People have like canyon racing with fighters and things. Again, like put the feature in and players make their own fun. Whereas things I mean, like the Guardians are more set pieces that you, are content that you consume and then you can't necessarily keep doing uh, it for five years. I don't know. Have you ever played football at Guardian site? <laughs> and I'm just thinking with they Alex, goals, I suppose. They've got goal shaped structures. Yeah, and there's there. round balls and yeah, you can play football. <laughs> uh, I mean, Alec. Alec is an example. Yeah, he's on the show of the of the things he does with with SUVs and circumnavigation and the, all the stuff like that. That's using the, what yeah. existing in game in imaginative and fun ways. Yeah, Th- these two points aren't actually mutually exclusive. There there can be there can be a noticeable slowdown in the pace of change in Elite Dangerous that has as yet not really been acknowledged as well as lots and lots of brilliant opportunities for emergent fun. They're not, they're not mutually exclusive. Exactly. Sorry, we've pulled the conversation. Haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an interesting subject. Uh, we'll probably come back to it in just a bit, actually. But one thing I did want to just quickly raise, um, <laughs> we have had uh, a new skin released for the... Um, for the crate phantom, um, did anyone get that? Has anyone seen it? Oh, this is a Crypsis one, doesn't it? Yeah, I, 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 those I'm not keen ones, on it. They, they sort of, I don't know what the point is. Like, I've seen the pictures of them in the dark and the pictures of them in the light, they look the same. <laughs> <laughs> they do, yes. they remind me of those glow in the dark stickers you got as a kid, you know, like on the Ready Brett packet where they barely glowed in the dark and you know you thought they were going to like a torchlight but yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah exactly right so um moving on from that uh quickly uh ben do you want uh, ben and chan do you want to take that's us fun. through the uh distant world 2's waypoint 11 stuff that's been happening this week oh i can do, i suppose yeah so chan do you want to or shall i I, I think you should. I'll be fed up of hearing me by the end of the show, otherwise. <laughs> okay. Oh, in that case, then. So, yeah, uh, Distant Worlds 2, Waypoint 11 was announced on Sunday. Let me just fly out of this. Actually, I'm okay at the moment. Uh was announced on Sunday. Uh, we've got a two-week-long one because the guys are actually... We're in a very... Not very explored part of the galaxy. So the organisers have gone off and done a 14,000 light-year... <coughs> Excuse me, a fourteen thousand light year um, gap between the waypoints, but a lot of the cartographers in the expedition have basically they've been sent out to go forth and explore, trying to find all the good stuff in this region of the of the galaxy, and then in a couple of weeks' time we'll all meet up at waypoint eleven again. 
Um, and from there, I believe we're, it's bigger point. Um, is bigger point waypoint twelve? I think it might well be. I don't know. I this prob. I, I would suggest um, they're making their way towards the, one of the the crossing points because Beagle Point. Probably. I don't think you can still map from um, Waypoint Eleven. I don't think you can still plot there because I think we've still got. What was it? May was mid May, wasn't it? Due to end something like that. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we are Waypoint Eleven is getting pretty close to the edge. Um, it's in well the second, the last but one. So last but one uh, sector from the edge. So penultimate. That's a good word for it, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that is the word. Well, it is. It is the word for from it. But I don't know where exactly we'll be going after there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's not going fr- the distance between waypoint ten and waypoint eleven. Looks like it's actually closer than from waypoint eleven to the fo- the the last sector. So I don't know. It might be another big one, or it might they might be breaking it down into a couple of smaller weeks. I don't know. I I would imagine they would give a link to a fairly precise route across the abyss for ships of thirty four light years. Yeah, and, and under. You know, I don't think they'd let you leave you stranded in the abyss. I, I would imagine they're fairly precisely plotted a route mm-hmm. across there, which may well be a POI on the way, or it may well be uh, another waypoint. But That's a bit like what they did for Waypoint 9 when we were up at the top of the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, the, the distance this next couple of weeks shouldn't be underestimated because it's halfway to SAG-A in terms of distance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, and of course, some of us like you have gone off and done it all already. Um, and I know I'm going to be—I'm planning on basic, basically heading off. I want to get to the the Misty Mountains by by the end of this week, if I can. And then I've got from the Misty Mountains off to Waypoint Eleven uh, for next week to do. Um, but we, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I don't know you, Ben. Sorry. Go on. That's not, I don't know you, Ben, but it seems to have gone really quick, EW2, because they started off in January, and it was like, oh, man, it'll take forever, but it just seems to have gone really quick. I'm going to agree with you there. It really has gone very fast, and it's been some of my most fun times in game as well. You know, I know... I mean, I will freely... I'll hold my hands up and say, you know, I... One of the reasons I went on, on Distant Worlds was I wanted something different to do that I've never gone off and done before, and because I there wasn't a lot of stuff coming out from here. So going off on this thing that has been so well arranged by Dr. Kai and Eremus has been a lifeline for me, frankly. Otherwise, I wouldn't be spending... Uh, to, be, to be perfectly honest, I'd probably be logging into the game on a Tuesday night, hanging out a lay for a couple of hours, and then going back and playing another game on a, on a Tuesday. It's probably what I'd honestly that's probably what I'd be doing in Elite just now if I wasn't on Distant Worlds Two. Yeah, so in effect, Distant Worlds Two has been your cardboard box. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it really has. And I'm really sorry, Alec. Um, whilst I enjoyed the Pamash Ridge run, I don't think I, I enjoyed driving an SRV enough to do the round the world thing with you. <laughs> well, so it, I'm really, so really sorry. No, it's fine. It's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, uh, now, if it had fluffy dice in the store, that, that, that you, you'd have been in then, wouldn't you, Ed? Uh, so... Nah, if they had a mug of coffee in the in the store, hell yes. Um, what I'd love, actually, would be... I mean, it, it makes no sense, but you know, some kind of... Actually, you could do it, I suppose. You could get your ship to follow you, couldn't you? Um, like, like, the same idea as what Alex is doing, but do it all in an SLF under 100 metres or something. Oh, that'd be yeah. so cool if your ship follows your SRV, because then you could have a kite skin, couldn't you, in the store? <laughs> 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 But you can get your you can get your NPC pilot to follow you, so you could do it all in an S in in an SLF. That would be fun. Maybe an idea for the next one. Um, as we're on the topic, um, can we should, should we should we get a bit of a, a, a planetary expedition update from Alec? Yes, excellent, good, okay, yes, why not? Um, yeah, it's been absolutely sensational. In fact, I must say, I, I sort of had moderate expectations for how it would go and I figured a bunch of people would drop out and about a dozen of us would plow on but but people are absolutely loving it which is which is fantastic and we're doing quite well we've, we've got something like we've got around a hundred people on the discord now the forum thread has had 10,000 views I'm not quite sure what counts as a view but it's kind of stunning really um, wow. we got a shout out from Obsidian Ant recently and then we got a whole load of new people in discord over the last two or three days, all saying, is it too late to join up? So people are desperately trying to catch up. But yeah, it's been it's been really fun, really fun. And um, is the is the fleet quite spread out, or are are our people finding still um, driving a lot together and meeting up frequently and that sort of thing? It it is spread out more more than I even imagined. I mean, some people seem to be really gunning it. Actually, I mean, there's there's people that are a good sort of half, maybe two thirds of the way around, actually. But people are finding, I mean, that, that side of it's working really well. People are definitely pairing up or, or meeting up in groups of two or three, you know, finding other people that play at the same time and are at the same place. People out in front are flying back to drive, to sort of re-drive sections they know quite well with people that are at the back. So, yeah, people are generally, you know, there's very little people just driving for hours on their own, I think. It's, it's worked out really well, that aspect of it. Yeah, nice. And are you at the are you at the front? Are you holding? I the I position? wasn't doing bad, but then I I kind of because I went off to Centre Park for four days, I've I've fallen back a little bit, which is fine because I get to drive with different people, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but things like oh. the opening night was just sensational as well. It was. I, I don't know if you've fun. seen. Yeah, I, I I strongly recommend people go and look at um, Commander Burr's YouTube channel, The Burr Pit. And Burr and Rini have done some fantastic footage, and so they've got footage of this, you know, this massive group of SRVs all trying to climb the mountain, and it's been really good fun with them. Yeah, nice, good. That's um, that's phenomenal that you've had so much sort of latent interest in it. That's really nice to hear. Actually. Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, it, it it's it's always been difficult. Like when we were doing the buckyball races as well, it, it, it's quite difficult to sort of reach that point where publicity is where you, you you suddenly contact enough people that, that people start hearing about it you know you can shout all you like on twitter and the forum and 
but I, it, it was only when sort of Obsidian Ant mentioned it that we suddenly got this influx, and I thought, gosh, how do you how do you get yeah. the word out to people about when you're planning an event? How do you how do you reach that point where suddenly it, it has its own momentum and, and people yeah. just tell other people? It's um, and has that have there been a lot more interest than there was prior to the to the launch? Is, is that is there a sensation of oh god, if only these people had turned up three weeks ago, sort of thing? Uh, uh, maybe not. No, maybe not. I mean, we've we've kind of had we had about fifty prior to launch, and we've had maybe ten more since then. But yeah, um, okay. You know, it, it's just sort of a, it, it is slightly annoying. You think if only I could have reached everyone yeah. <laughs> somehow, yeah, so that anyone who wanted to do it ago. could have done it. it yeah. it's annoying when people go, "Oh, if only I'd heard about this," and you just think, "How could I? How could yeah. I have let you know?" Yeah, it's yeah. hard. It is. It is really. It, it's. Cons- it's persistently hard as well you think you've got all the channels covered um and then you still get people saying oh i've never heard of this yeah yeah it's funny we've had some great stories as well so the the discord's been brilliant so we we sort of have a screenshots thread and a videos thread and a stories thread and people have been really good about posting little stories and screenshots and videos and, and just so many little you know people role playing it and finding escape pods and things and then deciding whether to carry the escape pods with them or stuff <laughs> I, ha- I had a, just a fantastic one a couple um just before i went on holiday where we were driving along the edge of this valley and we saw these three um there was a couple of us and we saw these three anacondas npc anacondas that were just hovering over the valley i had no idea why and it was really tempting we were looking thinking, you could just about make that jump and land on one <laughs> But if you missed, the valley below just dropped away forever and was a nightmare of, like, crags and spikes and stuff you'd never get out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then and eventually I was like, yeah, so eventually I, I just couldn't resist it. I was like, okay, you film it and I'll do it. And it was perfect. <laughs> I, I was exactly on target and I was definitely going to land on the middle anaconda. And then just at the last minute, he gunned his engines. So there's this video of this anaconda just slowly arcing upwards and flying up. And me sailing just past trolling him. you. And then, yeah, and then my little SRV sailing past him and way down into the valley. It's oh, no. Hilarious. How did you get out? Um, I did manage to scramble back up. It took a while, but, yeah, but it was just yeah. so funny, the timing of it. So we've had loads of stuff like that, loads of little random things. It's been great, really good. I think you. I think I, va- I vaguely remember you mentioning to me the idea of doing a planetary expedition. It must have been eight months or so ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Ages, been, ages. So you've been yeah. you've been thinking about this for for a long time. Yeah, it's really nice to see yeah, it sort of come to fruition. Yeah, and like I say, it's it's been way better than I expected. It's been fantastic. You know, we we've had quite. There must have been four or five occasions where people have posted saying. This is the most fun I've ever had in a game, which has been really rewarding. It's lovely. Wow. Yeah, that's lovely. That's really nice. Does it? Um, do you feel like the? Um, do you feel like you're really getting a feel for what Kume is like? Um, <laughs> what, what I mean is like um, that's a stupid way of phrasing it. Do you, do you feel like you're moving through progressively different terrain, and that it's and that you can and it, yeah. if you think back to it, like what you were doing three nights ago, you'll be like, oh, that's when I was at that big mountain. Yeah, 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 definitely. We've chosen really well. I, again, I, we've possibly got slightly lucky, but the planet's been great for that. There's, there's definitely changes, and, and you get this sort of blue colouring as you get close to the poles, and the light conditions are definitely changing as we're moving around them. So, yeah, it's it's definitely varied. So have your, have your players been give, 
been giving names to various features and stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, we did that before we set off. So, so the in the month leading up to launch, we we were basically flying around looking for interesting things and naming them. So, if you look at the three D map, every single waypoint has got names on it now. So, we've got like Grand Canyon Crater and Kitten Face Vale and all these sort of nice little names, which has been really good. Nice. And um, just how... wondering, God. Oh, um, you know, you're mentioning about going into this canyon that you you eventually managed to scamper out of <laughs> yeah, yeah but have you had to go off and do any lift have you had to have any planetary rescues shall we say yeah, yeah, by definitely. people and lifting them up you know landing on a crate and then going up and up and up until they get back up to where they are or somewhere they can drive from and things yeah absolutely yeah we've had a few of those we've had people stuck in holes and, and have called for other ships to come and lift them out um uh, what else have we had yeah, things like, yeah, I suppose that's the main one, getting stuck. We, we've had quite a few people getting lost. Um, you know, the stuff that we've scouted from the air can seem really quite straightforward. Mm. And, then, yes. and then when you get down to SRV scale, you just suddenly don't know which way is up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've had quite a few people calling and saying, can somebody come and guide me? Because I just don't know which way to go anymore. Yeah, and sometimes I can understand that you know, that kilometre of altitude can really help navigate a maze. Yeah. Yeah. Or even a couple of hundred even a couple of hundred feet of altitude actually. Yeah. And although we've got compass headings for all of the bearings, you know, for the to, so you know which way the direction to the next waypoint is, heading in that direction isn't necessarily a good idea. You know, there might be a much neater way out of the of the bit you're in. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Have you got lost? Um, not yet. I'm just approaching. He's on a completely a, different expedition. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm just approaching a section called the Northern Route, which I keep hearing nightmare stories of. And the first bit is deceptively easy. Easy. So I've sort of been saying, "This is lovely. I don't know what you're all complaining about, but apparently <laughs> I'm just about to hit a world of pain, which is going to be quite interesting." <laughs> nice. Um. Oh, fantastic! That's uh, yeah. I still I still haven't managed to come and um, catch you for any meetups. Uh, when when's the next? When's the next kind of? Um, I know that you did a big poll meetup. Uh, was it over the weekend? You did the no, we didn't meetup? do the, we didn't do the poll. So we've had two. We've kind of had the big launch event, and then some way into it, we had a, a crater with a nice mound in the middle of it. So we were all leaping over that, which was hilarious fun. Um, and then yeah, I I might do a poll week poll meetup this weekend. It's, people are so spread out now, it's, it's getting harder and harder to gauge, you know, where is a good place to meet, where... Yeah, you, well, you, did, with... you, you did say that the uh, cheeky recall and uh, flight to the poll was allowed. Yeah, yeah, so I think the poll's an obvious place. So, yeah, we might do a poll meet-up this weekend. That'd be fun. Um, well, you'll have, to, um, you'll have to let us know um, the whens and wheres, because um, some, so, some of us would obviously like to... I'd like to. Yeah. Do okay. It's likely to be Saturday afternoon evening, I think. But yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you know. Perfect. Yeah, I'm home alone on Saturday, so that'd be great. Are you going to set traps for burglars and things? <laughs> <laughs> My postcode is so safe now. <laughs> just off topic, isn't there a fan theory that um, Jigsaw from Soul is supposed to be a grown-up Kevin? <laughs> 
Anyway, um, what we'll do is uh, we'll take a, a quick advert break and we'll come back with our main discussion topics uh, after that. at 14%. Thanks for the warning. But I can read. Space. These guys are going to gank me. Incoming communication. Open a channel. Feeble pilots, you will surrender your craft to us or face destruction. Well, I could, but there's at least one thing my craft does better than yours. Oh yeah? What's that? Break. Now I've got you. One down, one to go. Alert. Is pod alarm. A commander requires rescue. Somebody else's problem. Incoming communication. Go on then. Keep them coming. That was my brother, you son of a spacer. And his bounty will be very useful. Look, there's two ways this can go. So how about we call the troops so I can pick up his pod? Um, how about no? Alert. Escape pod alarm. A commander requires rescue. Yeah, yeah. They keep each other company until some other sucker comes through. One more bounty in the bank. Good. Updating Elite Federation of Pilots record. Your combat rating has increased to below average. <laughs> well, don't let my official record fool you. Congratulations. Commander Thane. Find out more information about Escape Velocity at laveradio.com or slash Escape Velocity. You can back Chris in his Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Radio Theatre Workshop. And welcome back. And um, now one of the things that um, we've been discussing lately is um, obviously because there is a, a, a drought of uh, developer like we were wondering what else is there to do uh, in Elite Dangerous to help tide you over uh, until something new comes along. Mostly, uh, I think some people have said it could be seen as an opportunity to try something different. <laughs> uh, I mean, for instance, um, I've started deep core mining and never had expected to actually enjoy it, but I do. Hello. <laughs> Someone was coming in there with a with a major guitar riff there, but uh, obviously you've missed got, out. You've got your own um, your own heavy metal jingle now, Colin. I think <laughs> we should do that metal. more often. Have a guitar riff after every time we make a valid point or change topic or something like that. We should each have our own riff for when we do the introductions at the beginning of the show. Listen, this is now beginning to turn into Bill and Ted. No, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Radical. Oh, don't be so bodacious. No, <laughs> no, you've got me. You've st- oh, why totally did you hate us? Anyway, is it better bodacious than yeah. <laughs> anyway, Colin, Chan, you. you were you 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 were being quite urgent there. What what, what do you want? <laughs> well, I was going to say on the uh, I was picking up from your cut short segue. Um, and the thing we were discussing earlier was the things to do in game while we wait for content. That's right. And um, it occurred to it occurred to me while I was off getting my um, glass of uh, raspberry Pepsi Max 
Um, mm-hmm. That this I week's think... episode of Live Radio is sponsored to you by. <laughs> Had to go uh, oh, anyway, anyway, um, I think uh, there's still a ton of stuff to do if you shift your focus away from earning credits and buying ships and stuff. And we, yep. we mentioned some of it earlier, like um, playing football at Guardian sites or lifting your SRV up and the stuff Alex has been doing with planets. And, and in a way that, you know, we said well, there wasn't a lot of development content, but this whole episode has been, has been full of stuff for people to do or to muck around and try while we wait for content. So it, this isn't really a main topic in terms of a separate section, because all the way through, we've been talking stuff we like doing, and you just need to get out of your head you know, that the point of the game is not earning credits, it's not getting ships, it's not getting modules. They're enablers, they're not the purpose. Yeah. I mean, one of the main things um, about Elite Dangerous is that um, in order to, to actually get out there and do what you want to do, you have to spend a little time getting the credits in order to do it. And I sometimes wonder whether or not people, once they've got that anaconda, they keep on grinding for more bits of anaconda because that's all they know they think the game's about. I agree with that. Sometimes it's easy to log in and be like, well, I don't don't need any new ships. I'm I'm happy with the ships I've got and they're all zooped up. Um, Like... A little bit of imagination is often useful for like, oh, no, actually, I would like to do that. <clears throat> Be that goth, Thargoid hunting or undermining in power play or or deep core mining in an asteroid ring or whatever. Hmm. So, so if you if people stopped thinking like grown-ups and started thinking like a 9 and 10-year-old, I'm sure there is stuff in Elite that a 9-year-old kid could come up with that we hadn't even dreamed of. Because we're kind of in this mindset of being goal focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've already seen things like it where people are deciding to um, bowl. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. The, yeah, so much. The fun. whole thing about the bowling. Um, I can't how believe. Does, um, how does speed bowling work? How how do they not go into into um, glide mode? Well, yeah, it's, you, you're not it's, in super cruise. You're you. So you you're above the planet, a couple of hundred, um, couple of hundred kilometers above the planet, but you're in normal space, not super cruise. And then you just then you just nose down and, and throttle forward. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> really the, whole, the whole point is to throw yourself at the ground and miss, <laughs> <laughs> or not. Stuff like that is brilliant. Yeah, that's definitely uh, emergent fun. Like not very many. Mm-hmm games allow like have a rich enough physics sandbox to allow you to do stuff like that i don't think no i can't think actually I, oh i mean you've got the other example as well wasn't you with the um, the repairing of, of the stations in 24 hours yeah at the weekend and that was bloody impressive yeah i mean i had a blast doing that convoy uh i mean there was actually the <laughs> do you want to know something ironic about that convoy actually the the leader of it, um, who was Commander uh, Nudran, we were we were all obviously he was out scouting around and we were following him about, and he ran out of fuel and had to kill the fuel rats. <laughs> nice. Um, well, there's another example of emergent contact fuel rats. 
Yep. Yeah. They're not uh, relying we... on the other content. Well, they no, are. Um... They're relying on the fuel transfer. But I suppose it's not the new that... content. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, same with the whole seals now, isn't it? I mean, the whole seals will they be a, yeah. a different version of the fuel rats going forward? No, I think they already are a different version of the fuel rats. I mean, they've proven themselves invaluable to commanders out on DW two. Uh, rock rats as well. Yep. I think. Um. I think one thing that. Uh. Uh. I think Shan said earlier that engineers gave a huge amount to the game. I'd actually really agree with that. Like, I generally don't like crafting in games, um, but I but I find that the engineers has given me so many more kind of short and medium term goals and reasons to engage with aspects of the game that I wouldn't that I wouldn't have otherwise let sort of jumped at. Um, and it is um, so like pursuing engineering goals for me. Like, oh, like, I need to like get the faster drives on this ship, or I'm, I'm, I'm putting specific set of guns on for a specific effect um that is a, that has actually provided hours and hours and hours of gameplay since the engineers um first arrived more since the the beyond tweak actually because that's when i've mm. really got into it properly um so actually i think that that is where the i, I didn't expect to like it because i'm not that kind of player and i probably wouldn't have played elite anywhere near as much had it not been in the game yeah i was thinking uh, on top of the the actual changes to the ship, you know, the materials gathering and that part of it, it's actually enabled a whole lot of other stuff. I mean, you think about the canyon running and buckyballing and stuff like that. I'm not sure they would have got the level of support they have uh, without engineers and being able to boost your ship to yeah. speeds. And PvP as well wouldn't have, wouldn't be as interesting. Um, like the... the... The, the builds, the, the rock, paper, scissors aspect of a lot of the the combat tweaks that you can make mean that PvP and combat in general is way more fun than it would have other. Not I mean, sure yeah. about that personally, because what I liked about Classic um, Elite was everything had a power, in terms of a power cap, and it didn't, and it was more down to skill than it was down to equipment. With now, yeah, that is, that, shifted away from uh, skill and more towards equipment. Yeah, you know, if you got that, the that's light. a very good point. Yeah, that's um, that is absolutely true. But even um, so, people enjoy it. They work for it. They spend time in game optimizing and min maxing their build. So, and again, <laughs> that doesn't need more developer content because it's there already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lupil three OS from Nephilius. Nephilius, sorry, it says we'll need to paint another logo across the galaxy. That is a very good example of that's definitely not developer led because that's using technology, that's using software that Frontier have had nothing to do with. <laughs> well, I mean, Frontier, to be okay, we all love Frontier and things like that, but you know, Frontier have had nothing to do with drawing, drawing, say, the Fuel Rat logo across the galaxy. Nothing to do with the fuel rats. Nothing to do with the whole seals. <laughs> nothing to do with distant worlds two. Nothing to do with Alec Turner's thing. They've had nothing a bit to do with distant worlds too. Um, they they did they did they, a lot of promotion on. Oh, oh yeah, and they and did a, and a bit of promotion on Alec's thing as well. I'm not yeah I'm not counting, but not not like developer led content. That's the kind of thing I'm I'm getting at. From there's not not really a lot of developer time gone gone into it. Maybe that's what I mean. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And I do know for a fact that the developers are constantly amazed by the 
probably inventive way players come up with to mess about or do stuff with. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the, and the speedball as well, as, as we've as we've said, um, you know, all these things that the community have basically gone off and f- figured out just purely by just having fun in the game. Yeah, there there is definitely a there, there are definitely two different types of content that can be added to Elite or any game, presumably. There is the enabling emergent type, like the toolbox stuff that allows yeah. people to muck around and make their own fun. And I'd include like um, planetary landings and ship launch fighters in that. Um, and there are probably more. Um, and then there is the pure culture uh, vul- uh, content vulture stuff, which is mm-hmm. sort of, you know, um, the same, the, the things that allow the same kind the same methods of gameplay just with different skins and different stats yeah like, this is where we need like alan on because alan knows all about this kind of stuff um mm. about the the different different kinds of gameplay um the sandboxes versus oh um, you mean the, the questing versus the yeah. mechanics and things like that yep yeah, there, well, there was a whole lot of stuff on on that. He, he, I think he practically lectures on it, isn't it? it was a specialist. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I, I I liken it to the two sorts of game players. You've got the content creators. So these are people like Alec and whoever who um, do the, uh, the race across the planets and do the football at the Guardian sites and that sort of stuff. Uh, and then you've got content um, consumers who basically they consume the stuff that other people make. And the, the ideal balance is probably, I think, about an equal mix of um, creators and consumers. But if you get too many consumers, and um, I personally call them content locusts, because they, as soon as something new comes out and again they play, they descend on it, swarm around it, consume it like locusts, and then go off to the next game with his content. And in a way, you need that because it generates activity and hype and stuff like that around the game. So you can't get away from having locusts. But too many of them just kind of strip a game bare and they push developers into an arms race of developing content quicker and quicker and quicker um, because you've got to get the content out, otherwise you lose the players. And the whole thing can enter a very destructive cycle. And maybe what we're seeing in some of the disquiet in the content at the moment isn't because there isn't a lack of content. It's because the balance of content consumer and content contributor is out of whack. Well, there is a lot of um, community-driven content. There's Alex's expedition, Distant Worlds Two, which is the, the biggest single event that's ever that Elite Dangerous has, has ever seen. Um, I, I feel like there's, um, I feel like there's, the Ida had repaired two stations in a single day today with uh, on, on the weekend with um, with help from loads and loads and loads of people. Um, it, it, I definitely don't feel like we're in a drought of players making the best of things. And but if you're a con, if you're a content consumer. You only you only look for developer releases because you don't play the game that much. You're not you know you're not listening to the, the to the radio or the other podcasts and streams. You just sit there watching uh, 
Kotaku and things like that for the next release of Elite Dangerous is this, this, and this, and this. And then you swarm and then you do it. So they look at the hype generated by by developer content, not necessarily what community comes up with. Yep. Right, ben, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I'm just wondering, actually, would Frontier be better developing new cardboard boxes for us to play, it, play yes. with? Yes, absolutely. Totally, yes. I, 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 I have been banging that drum for years. I want so what kind of cardboard, cardboard box boxes. then would you like to see? Um, Race tracks. R- oh, yeah. my God, yes. Yeah. So I yeah racing as a single like as a single point update and it would be both space and land yes both space and land um one we've got um a problem whereby it's too easy to quickly make money and it has meant that you can bypass a load of the interesting stepping stone ships um like the a lot of the small ships stuff like the diamondback scout that you know unless, unless you have a a love for it there's no reason to fly it because in, as you demonstrated earlier in the show, you can go straight from a Cobra to whatever you want, an Asp or a Type 9 or whatever, um, because mm-hmm. it's become easier to earn money. Um, a really, really good way to give meaning and usefulness back to the small ships would be a racing update uh, whereby um, there's a slew of new modules, uh, stuff like the advanced drives, but not just drives. So you could have like racing spec distributor, racing spec um, maneuvering, like, you know, uh, things to, to you need to handling. shift down as well. Yeah, stuff stuff like that, like um, like the, a racing um, frame or something. Yeah, so so make it so it's not just about speed. So that there are there are there there could be ways to tweak the small ships to make them either better at handling, better at um. Be- the only at, th- you're going down a route that I wouldn't be mass. It's it kind of reminds me about the. Oh, World of Warcraft, where it's like you want to play PvP. Well, here is your PvP only gear. I would far rather not have specific um, racing only gear, but maybe, and we've already got a lot of VA engineer recipes, but you engineer your ship for racing, but. The engineers already have stuff to make your ship lighter. They already have dirty drives. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I I, I would be worried about making just racing stuff. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, you make, you make a good point. Um, I guess, um, I guess I hadn't really thought that aspect of it through a great deal. Um, and the new modules for ships, um, we, we do need something to make ships like the Diamondback Scout or the, um. The Viper, for example, we do need something to make those ships useful for intermediate and endgame players. And Special is... missions that you yeah, can yeah, use those ships with, or you get you know, a, a larger reward if you use a smaller ship or something like that. Yeah, that's or a good idea. Or um, <laughs> on it. Yeah, or, or, or um, specify them for scenarios or something where, manu- where maneuverability is, is more useful. But the racing yeah. update wouldn't necessarily be limited to, to ships. It would also be things like deployable beacons um, that would be like a limpet that you deploy in an instance, and it would it would last the duration of that of that instance. And if deployed in space, it would form like like a a, a kilometer wide circle, for example, oh, which would be you know how so, well you know how CQC has the rings that you fly through. Precisely, yeah. So the assets are already there. Um, it, it's. And and it wouldn't be. I, I, I'm not a developer, so I don't know. But I can't imagine it would be mechanically um, revolutionary to 
to to have something an item that you could deploy in that you could jettison in space that would create that for the duration of the instance um and I mean, similarly you can, you could, um you can do that sort of thing yourself um a couple of years ago maybe three years ago i developed a course in Sol, and the idea was to do like a top gear test track challenge or it's timed but basically what it was is you had a specific spec of an eagle and then you did various things um in soul in, in, in the system i think one of them was you have to you had to drop a ton of bio waste on the capital ship around soul and all sorts of stuff like that and it was then scored not only on time but also how much hull you lost doing the various exercises. So it's a kind of a balance between speed and being careful. And that sort of thing, you don't need to um, have the game put add different assets in. You just look at what there is and think, oh, how can I use it differently? Yeah, yeah. I know, but you, you are talking about having developer input there. I mean, there's an awful lot of things that you could... You know, if they just put a little tweak in, a whole load of new content could be made of, you know, the the uh, the community Guardian could sites. take that and run with it. Yeah. But oh, racing oh. is definitely something you, we, we sh- they should put in, particularly if it's possible to uh, have the times automatically recorded. So you... That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. So a little bit of support just to enable racing more so we're not fighting the game mechanics. <laughs> What about open world CQC? Yeah, also brilliant. That's called a community goal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking something. You know, okay, fine. You maybe park your your ship somewhere, but then you go into your SLFs and zip around these these areas in game. But they're instanced so that you don't have PvP penalties for shooting down other SLFs in that area, say. That is called CQC, isn't it, Ben? It is, but it would be CQC you could actually play as opposed to CQC, which you know you just go off and wait for. Well, that's yeah, the match. No, actually, I think that's a little bit unfair at the moment, Ben. When, especially when you use the, C- the CQC Discord, I'm finding I'm not waiting around <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you went off and plugged that. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do, I do think there's a there's a slight problem with the consoles as far as that's concerned, but I will say that the, thanks to the guys at the CQC Discord, plugged again, um, I I think that you know that brings that game mode alive. Admittedly, yeah. to tell you the truth, that kind of functionality should have been available right uh-huh. at the very beginning, but we've been over but, that before. Uh, I mean, how much though do you think those guys would like to? be able to say, you know what, guys, we'll meet up at the bar at Lave Station. Well, this is this is now a CQC zone. And go, basically. Yeah, anyone, if you're, in your, if you're in your proper ship, then yeah. you could theoretically go off and pirate the CQC event. Um, but then, obviously, you get, the, you get penalties well, for that. There um, are places in-game that are designated as like a in-game PvP zone where it's consequence free. So basically, mm. you turn up in a ship, change to whatever you like. Yeah. And, You've got war zones uh, and things. Oh, well, no, no, actually, I think it's around some CQC structures in game. I think the people have organized it to do yeah. that. Yeah, there's, oh, no, there's I, the I, PvP hub, for example. Yeah, That's people it, yeah. have organized their own PvP events. 
you know, so people have turned up with the with the tripped out Ferdelances and gone for it at each other. I yeah. mean, you just I mean, have there to... even been um, charity events. I know the Sovereignty used to do their Hunter Games, where you would have a, a Viper. I think it was a Viper Three would have a certain loadout, and as people donated money to charity, they could either add or subtract modules from a player's Viper. So obviously, the more more money a player generated, the more better equipment they got in their Viper and stuff like that. So that was always good to see. Hmm. I get a lot of um, suggestions in the uh, in the chat room where people would like CQC, where you're launched from a capital ship. <laughs> I, I think um, I, I think the scenarios are brilliant additions. There's a the, my new home system's got three installations in it, and the scenarios that spawn there, like they're really really good fun. It's a little <laughs> bit of semi-scripted, immediate fun, objective-driven gameplay that's stuck in, um, and um, doing them with friends is awesome. So there could yeah. be more. You, you could the only downside more... about them though is they pay shit. Yeah, they re. I mean, they, they are a lot of fun, and you totally and utterly agree there. But yeah, my, but it costs you money to play them. Yeah, but you're looking at credits again. That's what you need to move away mm-hmm. thinking about credits. Um, I, I, I don't think it's impossible for things to be fun. I think Elite has historically suffered from a little bit of a balance issue, whereby too often you were making a decision of whether to have fun or earn money. Yeah, I'd go along with that. Um, I don't think it's impossible to 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 balance it so that you can do both. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, I agree. I think you. I mean, is, there is problems with it, but you still doing some of the these um, these raids on the on the structures. They can cost you a lot of money. And okay, yeah, sure, money's not everything, and all that. I accept that, but these are you're supposedly going off and doing a heist. Yet you're losing money. You know that's no way to do a heist. That says to me you're doing the heist wrong. <laughs> Possibly, Colin. <laughs> that bank robbery went terribly. <laughs> remains remains me. Oh, that's that's right. We managed to steal twenty five credits, and and they think right, we're in the money, and you threw it all away in these big <laughs> gestures of yay, we're. In the- <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I must admit that the scenarios are quite interesting because um, if you're involved in one of those uh, base raids or pirate raids, the the actual cargo in the um, uh, in the installation changes. So it might start off saying that it uh, it just looks like foodstuffs, but in some of them, and I think there's a Ghost Giraffe video, it showed that they changed to void opals. Ooh. Which did make things a little interesting, but you have to, but you have to rescan the cargo holds so you know which one to go after. So there's there's a there's a tip for you, Ben. You need to if you if you're going to raid one of those things, wait until the cargo bays change. That does sound like a good tip. I need to go off and do that again sometime actually, because it is it is fun. But I kind of went off and did it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Moving on. Yeah, I mean. Phew. I mean, the thing is, are people now, because of the new mining and because of the new um, 
scanning mechanics. Are people just moving on and focusing just on that and ignoring all this extra stuff that we've that's been sidelined? I think so, but then again, players, no matter the game, have always followed the easiest, quickest route to what they perceive as game progression. So there's always been the gold rush. I mean, it's void overalls now, it was passenger missions, it was, uh, you know, whatever it was, people always chase that, the easy route towards what they see as game progression. So the reason why void opals are popular is because they pay well. If they didn't, if they paid the same as everything else, then it'd be something else, I think. Solve? Yeah, I was just going to say that um, a uh, an easy way to inject a lot more slightly structured gameplay into Elite uh, in the short term would be to expand the scenarios model to other assets in the game, like planetary bases and um, Thargoid structures. So for example, go to a Thargoid base and there's a one in one there's a one in two chance that two interceptors will turn up and then you've got to do with that what you will. Or go to a planetary base and there's a one in four chance that suddenly a wing of four vipers turns up and starts attacking it and you've got to decide what to do or something like that. Well isn't that the kind of thing that might be happening with these uh, developer-led events, you know, oh. um, that—that's the kind of thing that I get. The, the uh, will mentioned that the developer-led events will be like CGs, but taking more advantage of um, some of the uh, other assets which are available. So, like, I don't know, scenarios plus plus one. That would be fantastic. That'd be really fun. I'd be well excited for that. I mean, I know that you guys are out on the distant world thing, so you haven't had a chance to really go into all the scenarios, but has anybody got a favourite one that they've had so far? I've never actually done a scenario because I don't want to get fined and wanted from doing them. <laughs> right. There's um, there's a really good one in Malaysia, which is my new home, which is a, there's a medical centre. Um, I tell you what, those assets are awesome. There's three. There's three. There's one that's um, called like uh, it's got some. It's like a, a legal facility or something, and that that just looks snazzy. Like a, it's a bit Blade Runner esque. And then there's one that's an agricultural facility, and it's got spinning um, uh, biodomes and things. Um, and then there's one that's a medical center, and it's um, it looks it looks like a hospital floating in space. It's it's the color scheme is all green and blue, and it's got big big crosses on it. Um, and the scenario that spawns there is a is a fairly standard protect us we're being attacked by pirates and the system controller issue the defend the installation and one of the minor factions one of the, the much smaller factions in the system are generally the aggressors and try to nick stuff and it's so much fun because you've got people you've got people over the tannoy over the over the comms like um, their NPCs talking about like um, oh you know save us or you know repel them or or whatever mm. um, you've generally got um, you've got enemies. If you're defending, you've got enemies coming at you, but you're also trying to. You're playing cat and mouse with a with with one of the enemies who's trying to nick the stuff. And all the while, you're trying to avoid shooting the installation because if you do, you'll get um, you'll get a um, you, you'll get a bounty. Um, mm -hmm. So like it's, it's just it's a combination of different imperatives that make it a lot more interesting than a lot of um, less structured aspects of the game. And um, and also, I like how bite sized they are. 
they take about 15 minutes and they generally they, they reliably spawn when you drop into the instance so elite is not big on instant gratification fun bite-sized things to do most most game activities are you know you've got to commit an hour or so to them but this is something yeah. that you can drop in and do quite quickly which i really like do you find that um, some of these activities, although really fun, people are put off them because they're technically illegal? Yeah, probably. I think I think Shan's point that he, he doesn't want to get a bounty and doesn't get wanted is a really good one. I don't think anybody understands the punishment system. Um, and I think that not getting aggro from NPCs is definitely disincentive from engaging in stuff. I mean, what I found is that I have one system where I am completely and utterly wanted. <laughs> and that's the one that I do my base raids on, and the, I get involved with the scenarios that happen there. And as long as I don't go to that system, uh, I'm fine <laughs> for any other reason. That's a good see, idea. I, go on, Sean. I was going to say, my, my OCD kicks in then. If I see a fine or a bounty outstanding in the system, it just kind of annoys me until it's gone. I just have to pay off. And then it's, it's like, and it's the same with bounty vouchers as well. I just have to get rid of bounty vouchers. I can't have a long list of stuff in my transaction panel because it triggers my OCD and sense of tidiness. <laughs> I'm so glad it's not just me that has to do that. And my God, the interstellar factors are a godsend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So much. So much. Yeah, I, yeah, well, I remember. The... Sorry, go, Colin. No, no. I... You go ahead. I was just going to say, I remember before we had Interstellar Factors, literally scanning the galaxy, trying to find some obscure factor who I had a 30, you know, maybe a 300 credit bounty from killing a Sidewinder or something in. And it's just like, I have no, I don't even know where this place is. Cause you go off and you, you kill something. And you know how you sometimes, if you do it with a, a kill warrant scanner, you get about four or five different. Yeah. bounties and yeah. it's like someone from somewhere way the hell over there has got off and given me a, a reward which is lovely but how the hell do i pay how do i get that money yeah i die too um, quickly to ever have uh, too many transactions <laughs> stacking up <laughs> so yeah thank god for the interstellar factors well thank thank braven i suppose <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of uh, other things that uh, people have uh, been you know done off their own back i mean is smuggling still an option at the moment or has that been nerfed out of existence i think it i think it is it's it's definitely i think frontier have have deliberately made mining the most lucrative thing to do in the game um which is a good decision because that means that they don't have to play whack-a-mole with gold rushes anymore um but Hang on, did uh, I say mining? I thought I said smuggling. No, you, no, you did. But I was, I was going to go on. And right. say, um, I was going to go and say, and that, and that means that things like smuggling are less appealing because they're no longer, ah, they're no longer the most lucrative thing to do in the game. Um, but mm-hmm. I guess the, 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 with this discussion of like, you know, what else is there to do in the game? It's not just about activities; it's also about purposes behind those activities. So for smuggling, it used to be appealing because it was the most effective way to make loads and loads of money. Now. You'd probably only do it if you were if you had to do that specific trade because it was like a mission or something, or because you just really love smuggling. It, you know, and and if it if it wasn't for those, it's it's because there's no wider purpose behind it. It's not necessarily something that people would spend several evenings doing. 
Um, whereas like mission running for a faction, the wider purpose behind that would be like, oh, I'm trying to boost my faction. For yeah. I mean, I mean um, that is the thing, isn't it? As well. Sorry, Kai, keep jumping in. But go on, no, you go. Said, what else things people do? Well, as Sue just um, in, implied, you've got the background sim. I mean, that's something I would probably bet most elite dangerous players have not touched on is the background sim and using yeah, the background totally sim to their advantage. And in the same way, this PowerPoint, yes, people say it's a grind and blah, blah, blah. Did you just I, say PowerPoint? PowerPoint is a grind, to be fair. <laughs> no, I said PowerPlay. Um, no, no, PowerPoint. I, th- I think we'll have, I to, have to... Anyway, yeah. anyway <laughs> as we've had on, as we've had oh, on the show good. before, as we've had on the show before, there are people who, who take PowerPlay really seriously and really get into it in a great deal of depth and again i bet that's an area of the game a lot of players haven't touched they just simply yeah. sign up to ashley to Vale, wait there for weeks get their prismatic shields and leave yeah totally so agree. there's all this stuff that goes on that probably <laughs> the majority of players just haven't even got into well, you see, the, the, there does come a point with the game where it actually opens up when you get involved in a big group, say the hunt and truckers or, or say some of the power play groups, and you have that level of communication, probably over Discord, uh, where, you know, it it just adds that extra social dimension to the whole game. But the, do you find that a lot of people are missing out on that social aspect? I definitely think that joining a group is a brilliant thing to do. I always advise people to join a group if it's if they're new players, even if they're lone wolf types, just because you know the the shared knowledge is incredibly useful and it oh, and elite is not a game that throws all of its features at you um as soon as you log in. It's very much a you know it, there's so many different facets to it that you wouldn't necessarily that you wouldn't necessarily appreciate on on first playthrough. So um Whereas joining a group will unlock all that. So yeah, totally agree. If only you could join more than one squadron. <laughs> yes. Amen. Um, but actually, the other thing, when we're talking about wish lists, I think having a second or subsequent commander slots would really help. I know Elite is on sale at the Steam at the moment, but <laughs> yeah, it's about... Fourteen pounds for both Frontier. Sorry, for both uh, Horizons and the base game. But uh, a second commander slot would open up so much, simply because you can then have your serious, I want to play the game sensibly, commander, and then you can have your muck about. I don't care what happens to it. I'm going to lark about, commander. Which is exactly what I've got. Which I've got uh, a Steam account, which my second commander lives in and basically he's the naughty pirate who gets in trouble at this one particular system <laughs> wouldn't do that in the world with my proper commander but this other one's expendable really yeah, yeah I, I, I have the same with my shenanigans account Sh- shenanigans is the one I do all the naughty stuff on um, but shenanigans is out of distant worlds too at the moment so there's not a lot of naughty stuff goes on is he Commander Shenanigans? Yeah, Shenanigans. Yeah, nice, nice. Okay, they everybody now knows who to block, and then. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, though. I mean, okay, fine. I think even I've gone off and succumbed to getting an alt character, an alt account. But would you guys prefer 
even if you did have to pay, say, 10 to 14 pounds for it, would you prefer to log in to your Frontier account like Frontier are now trying to push? You know, they're really trying to push. We've got this one Frontier account and it binds the world together, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you then go off and say, right, I want to log in as Shan. I want to log into the game as Shenanigans. I want to log on as Secret Shan. Uh, I um, I, I and then, you, then you go into that, and then you've got your actual commander, rather than okay, shananigans at gmail.com, shan at gmail.com, secret shan at gmail.com with all that BS surrounding it. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, um, I'd prefer actually, you know, to have, if there is a second slot, even if I have to pay a small fee for that second slot, be quite willing to do that instead of having to go oh, right i've got to go and flip over to my steam account yeah that's that's a good idea for revenue generation that would be a really good idea extra commander uh, slots yeah, because let's face it some of the most fun i've had of the game is when you start off a new account or a new commander mm-hmm. and yes you know the information so you can get millions pretty quick but you've still got the fun of starting again yeah yes yeah yeah and and also the sense of it the sense of um uh weightiness to what you're doing like this mission pays out 700,000 credits that's like 10% of all my money that's that's you know this is a really important mission which is something that you lose when you're when you've got a billion whatever yeah, yeah I mean, that's it's a case of go on go on ben uh, that's actually something that i'm now that i've gotten my alt into a type 9 i'm kind of reluctant to go with a nuker you know what i mean yeah I, she, <laughs> she was in she was <laughs> Well, you, well, you're right. I loved the whole new starting experience and the starting experience that I went through when I rolled her up last year sometime was completely different to how I created my main account back in the Gamma. And we're going to see one of the things that Frontier are on about with the next patch coming up, whenever the hell that is, yeah, is the, new that. game stuff. I would like to experience that new game stuff, but preferably without deleting my accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a good way for it would be a good a good earner, I think. Allow everybody to to buy another save game slot for a tenner or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've, there there was actually an impression that everybody got during the Kickstarter that there was going to be three slots, but when you actually go through um, the what was promised that never came from the developers that was something that was risen, written up by the community themselves yeah. they kind of got it in their head that they'd get three slots and that never never happened interesting it, it, it was one of those weird things of you know trying to track down who came up with that idea in the first place was it promised by frontier and it turned out it wasn't yeah, <laughs> I can just imagine David Braben going back home and being like, I don't know what's going on, but everybody seems to think I'm making a space game. <laughs> Actually, he's making a dinosaur game. <laughs> well, he did want big game hunters, didn't he? He did, yes. Chasing <laughs> big game around. Absolutely. Yep. So what we'll do um, is I think it's time to, to go over what's been happening in the community lately. So... Um, Operation IDA has managed to repair two stations in their Repair a Station in One Day Challenge. Uh, Ben, did you take part in this? Yeah, this is the thing I took part in on Saturday. So 
Yeah, they went off and said, you know what, we're going to set up a challenge to repair one station. And three and a half hours later, they'd repaired it. So what the hell are they going to do with the other 20-odd hours? Nice. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's why we went off and... Um, and so they went off and repaired Jet, Jet Market in three and a half hours. And then basically 12 hours later, they went off and did... Um, died, yeah, however the hell you pronounce that station. Um and that was the part that I wound up actually helping out with. Um, that, are they in the same system, those two? Yes, they are. So there was one... Um, well, I thought I wrote down the, the name of the place. Okay. Um, yes, they are in the same system anyway. Um, and they were giving out paint packs and things like that to people. They had a bit of an RNG. And I actually won the RNG, and I, I won a SRV sprint paint pack. Sprint paint pack. For my alt, which was yay! So thank you very much to those guys for that. Because hey. <laughs> I, I never win anything, you know. You, I go onto these frontier streams where there's there's maybe sometimes there can only be forty people, and I still never win anything. Oh, even if they go and do the same bloody thing ten times. No, well, you've got um, you've got an NPC in the game. Yeah, I've got an NPC in the game, but that was a Kickstarter reward. Oh right, I see. Yeah, I thought it, I, I, for some reason I thought. No, that was a, that was a Kickstarter reward, and I couldn't think of a more original name than my own. <laughs> I've shot you so many times. <laughs> so many people have shot me so many times, <laughs> and not just my NPC. <laughs> um, but yeah, I and that, I had going back onto the community stuff. I had such a blast doing that. Yeah, um, that goes back to Colin's comment about groups like that. Yeah. If you know that just wouldn't have happened were it not for playing with other people. Yeah, I mean that was Operation Ida. That was a combination of Operation Ida, the Hutton Truckers, and Paladin Consortium, all basically getting together and doing these things, <laughs> which is you know fab. I do know. Once I did win one of those um, paint packs off the Frontier stream, and Ed had to go and said, "No, um, honestly, it, that was completely at random. There's no favorites, favoritism at all." <laughs> because you know, obviously, he'd just been on live radio. I think a couple of weeks before, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it, it just was a genuine. Oh, I've actually won something. You won the RNG. Yeah, I won the RNG for that one. Um, I mean, it's not just Operation IDA that's to, that's that's gone a bit ballistic yeah. on the repair effort, is it's, it? It's not IDA. There's, it is. I was speaking to them about this. It is actually Operation Ida. Ida, IDA okay, is a completely different group. Confusingly, <laughs> they 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 style it with capital letters as well. Yeah, but it's not an acronym. It's a classical reference. Oh, I was going to say, that gives us no chance whatsoever. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I actually I wound up talking to Ninja about that, trying to find out, basically making sure, because we always pronounce things wrong in the show, um, and you know that I sometimes take 14, t 14 goes to make a take. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, we did. Uh, one of the questions was, right, what's the difference between IDA and IDA? These guys who are fixing everything are definitely Ida. Mm. There's, there's another group called. Um, I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? Or when we had the Ida guys on. That was last week, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the other group I was thinking of are our old friends, the Hutton Orbital Truckers. And they're continuing Mark! the effort. Oh, for God's sake. 
<laughs> They're continuing the effort to repair a total of 10 damaged stations in 10 days, if they can. But they're aiming to truck about 600,000 tons of repair goods every day this week. How are they doing? I have no idea. I'm scared to ask. <laughs> ben, you're a trucker. How are they doing? I have no idea. I'm scared to ask. If you are interested in knowing this, then no doubt on Thursday evening at 8.30, there will be some uh, update on this at tvforthemug.com or at radioforthemug.com <laughs> if you just want to hear the audio. They will probably be banging the repair drum very, very hard knowing those nutters. <laughs> I love banging stuff hard. Oh, God. Straight Moving up. on! No, that's my lane, you. <laughs> yeah, you've got, you can't speak. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you are, like, you are the, le the least appropriate um, <laughs> decency policeman. So, do we have uh, any other business to, uh, to wrap up with before I do the shout outs? Is there anything that uh, anybody wants to raise? Not from me. Apart from Shan wanting a phone vote. No, we're we're gonna have to I was like, no, you there's no context for why I want a phone vote. The context <laughs> is worse. <laughs> well, the context is that uh, I think about two months ago, we were given three paint jobs by Frontier, Frontier in our, you know, to give away as competitions. And I just realised we've still got two of them still to give away. And of course, we've got no idea... I, We've, every time, every week, we come up and think we've got to have a competition to get rid of these paint jobs, and we know we we completely forget it every week. I love the way you say "get rid of these paint jobs." We've got these lovely prizes that Frontier have given, and we want to share them with the community in a fair manner. You can always pass them on and use them at LaveCon. <laughs> or, um, or viewers or and listeners could maybe vote in with most dashing host. Um, and then we can award the paint packs to whichever one gets the most votes. <laughs> what you mean? Give the paint pack to the person to the that people vote yes. for and the yes. host. Like we're, yeah, we've been talking about ways to make emergent fun while in the absence of new game content. Um, I feel like that would be a really good interactive way for our listeners to, to engage with us. Well, we could make it slightly less narcissistic and give a paint pack for the person who comes up with the interview of the judges the best idea for emergent content. Can we go meta and give give a paint pack to someone who's got the best idea on how we get how we give away the final paint pack? Okay. There you go. Like That's that. what we'll do. Um, if, if we if we, we do this, you've got to uh, put a post on the Live Radio Facebook page explaining the way that you would actually do the uh, organize the competition for the final paint pack. So, <laughs> <laughs> are we keeping just fa just Facebook or forums as well? Um, I, th I think just we are totally uh, making this up as we go along. Obviously, as as everyone can probably tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we could give we could give away a paint pack. Uh, for the best forum post and a paint pack for the best Facebook post, then that means we've got no paint packs left. So we don't actually then have to do the event. If you 
if you have a pain pack left over, you're then obliged to do the event that the person comes up with. But by giving two away, there's no application. <laughs> yeah, you do a competition so we don't have to. <laughs> well, we're just going to give it to one never gonna, They're never going to give us paint packs again. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to be very nice to Paige, I think. <laughs> so uh, yes, what we'll, we'll, so, I think. We'll, right, are we really doing this then, Colin? Yes. Yes. Okay. We'll put okay. Um, for someone who comes up with the best idea of a competition for, to get rid of the last paint pack, and we'll put it on the Facebook page only. How's that? Is everyone happy with that? Why Facebook only? Because because I can't multitask. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook sucks donkey balls. Yeah, I agree with Ben. Absolutely. Oh, all right. We'll put Which it is on why the... I was saying forum posts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll just put it on the forum post then. It, are you happy with that now? I'm, yes. I'll, yes. I'll just I'll put a link in Twitch for the forum as well, seeing as it went off and changed everything. Uh, yes. Uh, what about sending it to the um, Blade Radio email address as well? I agree with Colin. Let's keep it in one place. Yes. Oh, yeah, but yeah. then we have to have three paint packs to give away, don't we, sir? No, 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 yeah, no just, just, just forum. Everybody's got an just forum post. Okay, uh, just everyone's forum. got forum posts, and everyone's on the forums, and that means they don't have to go off and give us their real life names and things like that. So, yeah. post your best idea in that <laughs> for how we get. Yes, let's put it on MySpace. Come on, <laughs> let's put it on MySpace. Maybe <laughs> not for ICQ. <laughs> Uh, I'll put it on um, Friends <laughs> Reunited. Oh. Uh, dear, oh. Yes. So there oh, we have. We've got it? a lot of impressed people in the chat room with our organisational skills. <laughs> <laughs> I hasten to add, Lay Radio uh, LaveCon is not organised by the Lay Radio crew. In its <laughs> yes. You can tell because it's yes. happening. <laughs> So, um, after that wonderful little diversion, um, we'll begin to wrap up here. Uh, we've got our usual shout-outs, which is the Elite Community Meet. That's happening on the 20th of April. Uh, that's at the Renaissance Hotel in Manchester. There are fewer than 10 tickets left, so go to um, HTTPS info if you want to be one of the lucky 10 that is left. Uh, LaveCon... 2019 is coming on the 4th and the 7th of July at the Sedgwick Hall, uh, Hall Hotel and it's sponsored by Spider-Man Games. There are tickets still available but not the full gold gold ones with the hotel rooms. Um, we will probably be having Karen on at uh, a later point closer, closer to the time to go through some of the events that we've got coming there. Of course, our sister station, which I've already mentioned, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on Thursdays at 8.30. Uh, it's, it's not GMT anymore. It's, it's British summertime. Um, we are BSC so that, now. Yeah, so it'll be 21.30 GMT. Is it 21.30 GMT or is it 19.30 GMT? It is currently 21.25 um, in-game time. Right. So we're an hour behind. Fair enough, then. Uh, 
Well, about then, at tv.forthemug.com and radioforthemug.com, um, there's also the uh, CQC Discord for the discerning commander who likes a bit of the CQC action, and they are at discord.me slash CQC, all one word. So, um, just before um, I wind up, anybody got any last comments? Who is it you're winding up? Oh, everybody. Depends if I've got a key big enough. No. Well, in that case, <laughs> that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, and at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio, or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come out to chat at at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Alex Turner, who, who left earlier. Uh, thanks to Shan. Thanks to Ben. Uh, and thanks to Commander Silverine. Thanks to Commander Ventura, who's working in the background. And thanks to those commanders that have joined us outside Lave Station. Uh, for those of you who are interested in Galnet news, Commander Peter Wotherspoon will be following this broadcast with the latest events from around the galaxy. But until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. News Digest, 9th of April, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Ashling backs Nova Imperium to overthrow Arissa. Crackers Coneheads concoct Conegate 2. Record repairs from IDA as Indiecroft flops. Children of Tothos disarmed in exciting rescue. 
Ashling backs Nova Imperium to overthrow Arissa. Nova Imperium may have been virtually wiped out by Emperor Arissa and Senator Petraeus in January, but the rump of the right-wing supremacist movement may have been given a new lease of life by the People's Princess. Wiggy Ashling Duval of the flowing blue locks and the prismatic corset visited the Parisa system last week, braving an imperial blockade to meet son of her slave Hadrian Duval, who she has now asserted to be her cousin by blood. Ashling, whose father was passed over as emperor following the death of her grandfather, Emperor Hengist, in favour of Hengist's illegitimate offspring, Arissa Lavigny, expressed her fervent hope that attempting to install Hadrian as the new emperor in place of Arissa will bring the empire together and heal divisions like nothing else could, except possibly a developer-led event. Cracker's Coneheads concoct Conegate 2. The biscuit munchers at Canon Interstellar are well known for their exquisite judgement about where they shove their megaship, the Gnosis, with a G. Who can forget the rip-roaring success of their jump to the otherwise inaccessible Cone Nebula in September last year? Not only did they fail to make the jump, their megaship, which was packed to the gunnels with long-range, weaponless exploration ships, was engaged at close range by hundreds of Thargoid Hydra interceptors, leaving most of those on board with the exciting choice of remaining docked on the besieged megaship and bored out of their minds for a week, or launching to face immediate and inevitable annihilation. Well, now they've hatched an equally silly plan. They've identified two unvisited and, as far as they can tell, inaccessible stars, HIP 4099 and IRIS 21565-3937, both close to Sol, but just a little beyond the longest possible jump range for the current generation of ships, and have requested permission from the Pilots' Federation to take the Gnosis, and as many exploration ships as they can cram aboard, to these otherwise inaccessible destinations. It's possible even likely that these systems contain just a single star, hence the name Operation Cabin Fever. Imagine being trapped for a week. In fact, you don't have to. It'll be just like being an explorer on the Gnosis after the Cone Nebula jump. Given that the Pilots' Federation appears to have tipped off the Thargoids about the Gnosis' previous flight plans, it wouldn't be even slightly surprising if these remote systems were found to be full of nasty bugs. If you want to find out for yourself, you'll need to get on board no later than the 1st of May. As Albert Einstein once muttered to himself as he mused on scientific method, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting different results. And as Archimedes once said, Bugger off, I'm having a bath. Record repairs from IDA as Indycroft flops. With all Thargoid damage stations in the Pleiades repaired, Operation IDA has been stepping up the pace of repairs to damage stations in the bubble around Sol. 
Five stations have been repaired since the start of April. With the help of many groups as diverse as the Hutton Truckers and the Smiling Dog Crew, Jet Market in HIP 23395 was repaired in a record 3 hours 36 minutes. And a second station in the same system, Diamond Station, was also repaired in the same 24-hour period. If Operation IDA can keep up the same pace of repair, we can gradually begin to claw back the bubble from the Thargoid menace. In related news, Canon's Operation Indy Croft, which was testing the theory that selling vast numbers of Guardian relics at a station under threat of attack would somehow protect the station from the Thargoids, was successful. Successful, that is, in demonstrating that the theory is wrong. Children of Tothos disarmed in exciting rescue. Archimbold Terminal is once again in safe Federation hands after the death cultists of the Children of Tothos were disarmed in a thrilling last-minute action attack from within by undercover Federal agents. Death cultist-in-chief Barnabas Cole was apparently just about to press the big red button to blow up the station using the 300 megaton nuclear device he'd brought along for the occasion when he was shot dead by one of the Federal agents. Everyone else is well. Not many people were hurt, and life aboard Archimbold Terminal is returning to normal. So there's no need for a developer-led event here. Thank you very much. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.